Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. We are back on iTunes after two weeks of being off it for some reason. We are back. Um, I've had to fix things around a little bit. You can still find us on there. Just search Oblivious Maximus. Um, we're still on same website, obliviousmaximuspodcast.com. Um, we had to change our SoundCloud link. So it's soundcloud.com forward slash Oblivious Maximus Podcast, or one word. It's easy enough to find everything else on the internet still the same. We're still on Stitcher. That didn't muck up for some reason. But we're back on iTunes, so that's good. Apologies to anyone who tried to listen last week on there and couldn't find it. Um, we're back on there now. The episode with Lachlan is up from last week. Thanks to everyone that checked that out before it got on there. Um, and all our older episodes are back on iTunes now as well. Um but yeah, got a new SoundCloud page that seemed to fix things up. Anyway, um, subscribe to the iTunes one, subscribe to the Stitcher one, subscribe to the SoundCloud page if you want as well. That's the easiest way to get these updated as soon as they come on. If I ever have to have another week or two reprieve for whatever reason, that'll be the case. Um, this week, have a sick episode. It's episode 21 uh, with my good friend Ben Searle. Ben... Uh, plays in a band called Kissing Booth and another band called Summerhill and is a really good friend of mine and is super funny and is a budding stand-up comedian. So I thought it would be cool to talk to him about the experiences he's had so far playing in bands and um, how that's related into him getting into comedy and stuff like that um, and what you know drove him to pull the plug and actually start doing it. Um, it was pretty fun talking to someone I'm very good friends with at a pub so that was good for the second time managed to go to the commercial uh where i recorded the podcast with beck Riato, and it sounds fine so maybe i'll start recording more of these in pubs because that's slightly more entertaining than doing them in my house however um yeah this one's good um excuse the quality if there is some trams going past in the background or something but it definitely didn't sound too bad to me when i listened back um so yeah also this week Um, by the time this is online, it'll be, well, probably happening, but I am guest hosting the end half of The Racket on Triple J, um, which is on Tuesday, the 25th, so tomorrow for me now, Tuesday the 25th of August, um, it's at 10pm on Triple J, um, Lachlan's hosting the first half, and then I'm hosting the second half getting to play a lot of my favorite songs and talk shit so thanks to Lachlan and Triple J for letting me do that and uh if you want to check that out that'd be rad um also still got shirts got stickers coming in in the next day or two thanks to anyone who's picked some of them up I'll be sending them out as soon as they come in um but for now let's get into episode 21 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Ben Searle brutal My podcast, Ben Searle. Not a problem. Here's, Thanks, Azzy. Here's cheers, mate. Cheers. Fuck yeah. Uh, just a couple of beers with a couple of friends. <laughs> I'm back at my usual haunt, the commercial club, for the second time. Yeah, it was a... Using this as a podcasting venue. Are they aware of this? Like, are they just come out here and just go, oh, 
<laughs> Sorry, doing? guys. <laughs> well, last time they were aware. Hmm. I think Beck politely asked last time. And then we still had our fucking dog mate coming out here and ah. <laughs> causing havoc for, for all those lovely listeners. Um, Alright, so you've heard them before. Yes, I've heard the podcast before, yes. Talk about how <laughs> you primarily found yourself involving yourself in music. In music? Um, well, my dad was, I guess, the person who got me into music and, and more so bands. Yeah. Um, he played in bands and stuff when I was... Um, before I was born. Yeah. And so he was a drummer and used to play a lot of music around the house. So I guess he used to play a lot of Sabbath and stuff like that. That's so sick. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I guess that kind of got me into alternative music, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So I always liked that kind of stuff. And um, I, I, I would put it down to things like, you know, especially like recovery and rage when I was growing up. Like yeah. that kind of exposed me to... Um, alternative Australian music and from there I don't know got into more punk stuff and Mm -hmm. you know I was a big fan of Blink-182 and Body Jar and things like that when I was growing up yeah and then and was that was that like relevant in the area in which you were living as well or was that something you were sort of an outsider a part of um a few of my mates were into that kind of stuff as well like uh my best friend growing up this guy Bryce his brother Lockie yeah. was into like metal and stuff like that as well so I'd say he was a bit of an influence as well yeah and um that kind of came into play later when I started to you know turned 18 mm-hmm. and my mate Bryce and I would go and see my mate his brother's metal band and that had mates of mine in it as well so yeah yeah it's kind of like a long drawn out thing so I guess the thing that that brought me to actually playing music um, was yeah going to see bands at the art house and stuff like that Um, going to see metal shows and then seeing like I think my mate Coops Scott Cooper he played in this band The Omen and that my mate Bryce's older brother Lucky played in that band as well Mm -hmm. so we would just go to all their gigs yeah and then um, just ended up finding other bands through that Mm -hmm. and finding about other types of music as well so we um I think we would just go to metal shows at the art house and then for whatever reason one night we went and saw like a death in the family and I was like okay this is cool like yeah and was like the stuff that I'd grown up listening to as well so for sure I guess that's kind of a short version of yeah. it, but yeah. It was like everyone, and it's weird, I mean, I guess I was kind of part of it in the sense that I really had, um, like I, I had the opportunity to play at the art house a number of times, obviously, um, but like every, so many people who I've spoken to from here have heralded that effectively as like, if without that, there wouldn't be that you know their investment or involvement yeah. in music i guess you know i think it was just such a central place that i mean it's a bit of a cliche i'm sure everyone who went to the art house would say this that you could kind of just go there whenever yeah and there would be a band on that you'd have some kind of interest in and there'd be people there hanging out yeah so it was just a kind of a default thing to go mm. um and i went overseas for a while um 
and kind of wasn't until then that I was like, oh, okay, this doesn't exist everywhere yeah. as well. Um, and I think that's why it kind of is important to probably people from out of state as well because yeah. there's not... There probably is now places like that. Like, I suppose Crowbar is kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, but it was kind of pretty rare, I think. Mm. Well, I mean, I know for sure. I mean, at the time, it was like when you'd book a tour we were always like oh is there a show at the art house like that's mm. okay then the tour is going to be good yeah you know like because there's that one sick show yeah um and the other thing was like i don't think i reckon every show i played there was sick like and that's not to pat myself or my band on or the other yeah. bands i was in on the back it was just like shows are always good like yeah. as far as i i had experienced i don't know it's, i'm sure there was terrible shows there oh by without a doubt there was some <laughs> terrible fucking shows there yeah. um like i still vividly remember like seeing my first mind snare show there yeah. and like just going like what the fuck is going on yeah. like, <laughs> and um i think and it was like my second mind snare show there i got really into it and like some guy fell on me and I got a black eye and yeah. I was like stoked <laughs> this has finally happened yeah and uh, just going up to the bar afterwards and just going like can I have some ice and she's like why and then she's like oh, <laughs> oh your face yeah my face it's caved in <laughs> yeah, I've had like basically like the pinnacle experience I had at the art house were, I mean well, I, the, one of the coolest things was like one of the first times I ever played there was Maybe not the first. Time. Oh, I can't remember. One of the one of the first times going there as like a, a, a new people who were playing and like mm. I'd been playing shows enough to have made friends down here and stuff. We played what was being called the last Mind Snare show. Yeah. Because it was when Gordy wasn't gonna Do the play in the band yeah. anymore, and so our old man Slowburn played it, and I remember them saying like this other band that was on the tour, like the whole tour we were doing was just on that show mm. and this one of the bands on the show on the tour couldn't play because there wasn't enough time but mine's not like no, no no fuck that they can play just we'll just make it real short and everyone's got to sort of crimp down a little bit and i remember thinking like we're playing with mine's we're not playing first this is fucking sick these <laughs> other guys are gonna have to play first because i was thinking in my head like i oh, know it'll be there mm. when the band plays first and then you know we get to play this wild show and then we got there and like when we went to load in we could barely get in the to dog, the venue yeah. and it was like oh okay so yeah. this is gonna be great regardless <laughs> but I just remember it being like a similar thing like I'd never seen I'd played with them before I'd seen them before mm. in Sydney and Canberra and stuff and then then at that show people were like hanging off the PA yeah like Murph was- Murph from My Exist was he got so drunk that he passed out and he was sitting in a pram. Like, for some reason, there was a pram in the venue. <laughs> and he was sitting in a pram, maggot, and people were just pushing him around in the pit. <laughs> just <laughs> wheeling past out Murph around. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think there was, there was something really about, like, that band in that venue as well. Because I guess at the time, like, I hadn't really... I wasn't really playing in bands either, mm. so I was just really experiencing it as a punter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... And then, like, seeing them outside of that, out of the outside of the art house, and just going like, oh, it's just there's just something not the same. And yeah. It, so it's, um, it was a real like, I guess time. Uh, what am I trying to say here? Like that that band in that venue was just something else. Yeah, know? yeah, it really was. Um, but yeah, I guess that's what kind of 
got me into heavier stuff as well. Yeah. Like I'd always like had that new metal phase in high school sure. and and um kind of got out of that and listened to more metal and stuff like that and yeah. then yeah, so which doesn't really reflect in the bands that I play at in it at all, but mm-hmm. I think that's more about the kind of music I'm into now. Yeah. yeah. So how did, how did you like how did you see that maturing then for you? I guess that's the word that you would use for it is like was that a change that came by part of being a part of those shows and things or was that something you saw just developing yourself naturally well i guess i got into that kind of melbourne punk hardcore scene and uh was going to those kind of shows Mm -hmm. and then i moved into a house um with a couple of guys who i'd met through going to see my mate's metal band um they're in a band called civil blood civil hands and then that ended up being a band called face eater Mm -hmm. and then those guys playing um um uh, nick was like in samsara for a bit and um, sean callanan um so was mates with those guys and those guys would were really into bands like sam i am and uh things like that and i guess that's how i got more into the i guess you'd call it like the poison city kind of scene now Mm -hmm. um and was going to those kind of shows at the art house and yeah. met people through that and went to a couple of weekenders and stuff like that. So, yeah. but for a long time, I wasn't really playing in bands mm-hmm. and kissing booth is probably the, the band that I've played in the most. Yeah. Um, well it would be by far. Yeah. So before that, um, the way I met my mate, Tom was through BGO Yeah. and he was advertising on there, like looking to start a band um, that sounds like Samoam, Lawrence Arms, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really played bass or anything before. That band practiced for eight months, played one show at a house show, and then I went overseas. <laughs> <laughs> and it was illustrious career. Yeah, uh, that band was called uh, Denzo Cup. I think the the MySpace is up somewhere. <laughs> um, and so did that, and then was in a, and then played in like a a 90s emo kind of band called um, Summerhill which still doesn't really do much but we have a demo that people like I guess yeah. um, it's there it's there it's, it. it's a thing we're <laughs> working away on it yeah. um, and that's just uh, being in a band that with people that just can't get their shit together <laughs> <laughs> perfect yeah um, yeah so uh, I guess playing in, in Kissing Booth which I have been for the last shit um, couple of two years, I guess it's yeah. been. I don't know something something around there. And uh, like, did that again? Like, so after having done those other things, then was that was that something that sort of like supported your interest in that music? And was that sort of what drove you to then play it too, or was it kind of just a matter of mates wanted to? Do yeah, bands? for me, like, because I find it interesting when people start out with something and then end up in a place that's like starkly different i guess the thing for me is that like regardless of what i've done it's kind of always been close enough to Mm. metal (laughs) like that it's always been the same yeah well i guess i've always listened to a lot of heavy music but then listened to but haven't really yeah played heavy music Mm. up until very recently yeah um but always kind of wanted to, but that's just not what people I knew were doing. Yeah. Um, had, have 
like tried to start a lot of bands that have sort of you know with people who are already in other bands like uh there was this <laughs> there's this band that uh called uh boat show that we tried to do for a while <laughs> and i wanted to call it boat show just simply to have posters that said boat show this weekend <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect yeah. yeah and um and, and that, that was like just mates trying to make a band together. Yeah. Um, and that just did nothing um, yeah. because it's called fucking Boat Show. Boat show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. uh, which, and and for me, like, I guess I, I never really took being in bands too seriously as well. So yeah. um, Kissing Booth is very much driven by, the, I would say, the other members. And mm-hmm. like, oh, not that I don't do anything, but I guess it's their band yeah and i and i it's my band as well but i guess how much playing bass can you <laughs> really yeah well um, that's okay yeah it's it's i mean i don't and i mean i'm sure bass players have uh you know a number of ways to work this out but that's always been the thing for me i i, I played bass in a band at one show and i remember practicing the songs on bass at home and i was like I am so fucking bored. I <laughs> never want to do this again. Yeah. Like, this is so shit. Well, I don't, like, when people are like, you're a bassist, I'm like, no, I just own a bass. <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to have one. Yeah, I um, have one. At one point I had finances yeah. that allowed me to get it. Um, but, like, I mean, I guess for me, the I much, like, I like playing live. Yeah. Uh, practicing no uh, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. uh it's just really just uh, a consequence of being in a yeah, band yeah. <laughs> um, that's true uh yeah so i guess i yeah that's that's kind of where i've ended up but yeah. i've really enjoyed playing in kissing booth and we've done some really cool stuff like i guess the the coolest thing we've got to do is play with lemuria mm-hmm. um on the tour that they did early last year yeah and um and they were like a band I, I liked for a really long time. So, for sure. Um, it's cool when stuff like that gets to happen. And yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. I guess a lot. Uh, I guess. Uh, you, get, you get in those traps. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose that. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. I <laughs> uh, just cut this bit out. <laughs> um, Perfect. And a lot of arms as well. That's uh, yeah, so getting to do things like that is is kind of why I do bands and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, but I guess it's more of just been a an, an outlet, I suppose. Just mm. you know, well, I think uh, that's that's probably been primarily. I think why I've always done it. Like, I mean, I love playing music. I like writing songs. I like. I mean, for me, similar to yourself, I think the whole reason I do it is to play shows. I don't yeah. give a fuck if like, like recordings cool to mm. so you have a product yep and you have a way to listen to yourself mm. so you don't have to physically do it all yep. the time but i mean the thing for me has always been playing shows and like again yeah like once you do something sick then you just always want to do the next sick thing like yeah like lachlan was talking about how like you never you always think there's like oh there's like this pinnacle thing that i'm gonna want to do and then you if you get to do it like you're lucky enough that you get to do it by the time you've done it that hardly matters anymore you've already got like this next thing and like I I mean I know definitely when we started I Exist it was like just want to play 
you know, just want to get to do a tour. And then I was like, all right, done a tour. Mm. Just want to get to play with this band. Then, like, we became friends with them. And then yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Then, uh, and, I mean, and yeah, said luck. And, like, my goal was always, once I exist, started becoming, like, heavy. And it started having blues riffs in it. And I was like, oh, I've taken control of this now. <laughs> it was like, just play with I Had God, that's it. And then did that. And then, but by the time we'd done that, I was like, well, that was cool. But... Now what's, I care the about thing? the band. Yeah. Like, what's the next thing to do? Like, I cared more about being in the band than I did about playing with I God. But there, are, I mean, there are things like that that are just like, it's really, for me, it's like, I don't know how to, it's like, I guess the totally, astra- the uh, stay at home version of Wanderlust. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to do shit. Like, I don't, I like, I mean, I don't, I don't have the, the draw within me that's like all I think about is leaving here or whatever yeah. all I want to do is just like play loud guitar in front of me <laughs> <laughs> like, well yeah I think that's the the kind of the appeal for me as well like it's just um, the, doing the live part just doesn't seem to quite happen enough right? yeah. it's like my kind of thinking is like well why would we practice when we could just play a show? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I do understand that you could, you have to do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And f- for me, like, I think that in the band that we did Summerhill, like I sang in that as well uh-huh. and kind of was like, Oh, okay. Like this is kind of more what I want to do. Okay. And, um, was writing the lyrics and stuff for that. Mm-hmm. And, and for a war, um, we had, um, my housemate Luke play bass for us so I just just sang and mm-hmm. that was kind of a weird experience because I'd never done that before and I've only played like a handful of shows where I've done that but it's just a completely different experience of like oh okay I'm standing up the front and, and I don't have something in front of me yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah so and that was a kind of weird experience for mm. the first time and and I think I almost kind of enjoyed that more and yeah would probably maybe if i continued to do bands <clears throat> excuse me would probably see myself more doing something like that yeah although i do kind of enjoy playing bass i don't really see it as my like uh i have to do that yeah kind of thing so did you start playing bass out of playing guitar or was playing bass just like yeah well fucking, let's i'm going to do this no i played guitar when i was growing up so um, had a mate at primary school who, uh, so this is like, I guess this is part of like how I got into music yeah. as well. Um, there's this guy, <coughs> uh, Steve, Steve Garth is this guy's name. Yeah. And, um, he was like the kid who was really into, he came from another school, yeah. had like long hair oh, man. and was like, coolest in, guy, <laughs> coolest guy. Um, and was like into Nirvana and like, uh, he was the first person who ever played me Slipknot. <laughs> 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 and, a groundbreaking uh, friendship. Yeah. Oh, um, and and then, like, a couple of years later, he moved to the other side of the city, so I, like, lost contact with him. Yeah. And um, But he was, like, a, an influence of, like, he played guitar, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to play guitar as well. Mm. So I took lessons, and then um, I guess eventually, like, just someone needed it. Like, w- with this band that I did with Tom that played one show, yeah. um, I was just like, yeah, I'll play bass. And yeah. I sang in that as well just out of necessity mm. and yeah um yeah that's kind of where that 
ended up playing bass came from. So, yeah. yeah. And now you have a bunch of bass shit. Yeah, now I have a bunch <laughs> of bass stuff that cost me a bunch of money. <laughs> so you have to do it. Yeah, I have to do it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I think as well, that's kind of always been why I've ended up playing in like lots lots of bands like I've never been just in I mean last year I think there was a spell for like a month and it was like the first time in probably like my entire life that I was only playing in I Exist or you know like just doing Mm. one thing because as soon as one thing stops playing shows then I just want to play shows like I just got to figure out another way to do it yeah like and for me that's always been like start a new band like Mm. I've and I don't think I mean other than sex wizard i guess i've never joined a band like i've never just got into a band because they needed someone they needed someone like every other band i've ever been i've, I've started or like you know written things for mm. and the thing with sex wizard was literally like they had some shows one of the guitarists couldn't do so i did them and then he moved and then they're like can you just keep doing this like <laughs> you know the songs so just keep doing it. but like tell another person how they go <laughs> no, exactly and like but that's kind of like always been the thing for me is just like I don't know it's it's a weird I don't know whether it's like some performance bug that I have or some attention seeking part yeah. of my personality that's you're like you're a damaged person and you need to fill that with <laughs> yeah. um, the love from the audience <laughs> people applauding me yeah. strangers in a, in a dark room yeah I don't know you wear the shirt with my band's logo on it please <laughs> and then clap at me <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah, like, I mean, like, I know I did drama and stuff in school, and, like, doing those things, but, like, whenever I did drama and things in school, I only did it to make people laugh, like, I just wanted to fuck around. Yeah. Like, I never did it for, like, the, you know, the thespian in me it wasn't, like, burning or anything, I was just, like, if I can make my friends and my mum laugh, like, yeah. great. Well, I kind of had the same realisation, and, like... I did drama in year nine. Yeah. And then was thinking the other day, I'm like, why didn't I keep doing drama? It's like, you, you don't do anything. Like, you just muck around. Like, <laughs> I love mucking around. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I was like, and I think it was because, like, some of my mates were, like, more, like, jockey dudes when I was in yeah. high school. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do drama. I'm like, drama was sick. Like, you get to, like... <laughs> pretend to do things i mean dude like the drama that at the school that me and um that i went to in canberra like it was getting into that i got i was in like this performance drama class mm. jared actually did it the year after i did so that shows the level of uh, acting caliber the that uh, they elite replied. people that were yeah. coming through that program <laughs> a couple <of> dumb guns <laughs> who can make people laugh sometimes but like it was like this I remember there was people there who were straight up like a, a couple of them are actors now and one mm. of them's a really one of the guys who I went to school he's like a very successful dancer which is like amazing that he got into mm. doing all that and I saw the starting of that in this drama class but I remember like half of us who were in it were like me and my metal mates were yeah. just like oh we're funny <laughs> like we all we all laugh at each other yeah. so we're funny and then it was like oh if we do this performance drama thing then at like assemblies and stuff we get to go on stage in front of the whole school and like you know be dickheads be dickheads yeah Yeah. exactly and the the best thing was with this performance drama class we would always they would work out like plays and performances and stuff 
and basically we were just like none of us would ever go for like the good roles none of us would ever go for like the meaty characters or anything yeah. it was just like who what's that guy say oh that's funny all right so yeah. and then we just asked the teacher like can i just say this instead and they'd be like oh yeah okay and then it just ended up being like us trying to make each other laugh and then again like yeah, looking out you know like for me like if i could see jared laugh it was like okay yeah awesome this has worked and then yeah but then receiving you know an uproar of applause (laughs) really fills you with something doesn't it (laughs) well i kind (coughs) of realized that my my friend who growing up bryce who have mentioned we used to like make movies and stuff when we were like in primary school and yeah because they had a video camera and they also had like a big property that they lived on so they had like a paddock bomb that we would like make little shitty action movies in and (laughs) use tomato sauces blood and like and had kind of forgotten that i'd done that stuff and yeah okay that that stuff is really fun and um yeah yeah like I, i really want to know like why why that happens for people though like how you get involved in like really needing <laughs> approval of people and like people to like give you that attention is so because no other aspect of my life does that come into play like in my work i i want no one to be yeah like scrutinizing everything i'm doing and applauding oh, God, me no, yeah. like i'm just like okay receive, receive money for money. doing things <laughs> yeah that's it yeah well i, I don't know what I think a lot about what that is about like um, I guess this is something we can talk about I started doing stand-up comedy yeah, yeah. and um, and had realised that it was like something I'd actually been wanting to do for a long time mm. and um, had even signed up for like raw comedy when I was like in primary school and, yeah right but didn't do it because you have to be 18 yeah but i just signed up and the guy called me and was like oh you've got a slot at some hotel and then my dad was just like you can't do this <laughs> like you have to be 18 and he's like what are you gonna say and i'm like and i think i'd heard billy Connolly say that he just goes on stage and just makes it up yeah which is not don't do that <laughs> um like obviously he's a professional yeah. and he's been doing it for a long time and then i was just gonna do that so but um so I'm kind of glad that my dad was like, maybe just woe up a bit on that. Um, and, but hadn't then like, didn't really pursue it for a long time, but yeah, yeah it was. And I was kind of wondering what that was about. I don't, I don't know. Is it a, uh, like my, is it a parent's divorce thing? Like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah my parents are divorced too. There you go. Yeah. Could be. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's really weird, but it's one of those things. Yeah. I think that like, the root of all this for me is like I mean I love music it's like it consumes my being it's all I fucking think about and then but at the same time the reason I'm doing it 100% is so people will pay attention to me (laughs) like you know like when I think about it like I I mean I love playing and I love all the aspects I love writing the songs I love you know people approval of those things and like thing people saying it's good and that stuff all feels great but the it all comes down to like mate hoping that people like that <laughs> the, the things you do the yeah things I do. well I, I think it's kind of a it it's also about i that you don't get to be 
like that in your everyday life as well mm. so maybe it's just having that kind of space where you can be as I've been thinking about this a lot like I suppose it's authenticity yeah where it's um, being as authentic to the person that you actually are mm. in a setting and when you get to play music you get to do that in a way where it's a thing that you came up with and it's yeah, very yeah. much about about yourself yeah um, and I suppose performing and and being mucking around with your friends is that as well yeah and um, so I suppose it's about approval as well but it's I don't think it's just about that I don't think it's creativity as well mm. and you know you, as you said you don't get to be a dickhead in your everyday life all yeah, the yeah. time um, I mean I I guess calling it being a dickhead is not true to what it actually is <laughs> like but um <coughs> Uh, uh, authentic is kind of what the word I've been using for it lately mm. where it's just you get to be as close to yourself yeah. in every setting and, and I, I started a new job recently and um, I went into that job going like okay I'm not gonna have like a s- split work personality I just yeah. want to kind of be myself and it's yeah. worked great because I'm I think people are respond better to you like that as yeah, well yeah yeah for sure yeah i think i and i mean I, i'd say that probably boils down to why i work with kids as well as the fact that Ooh. like because i know when i'm hanging around with kids i mean a lot of people aren't comfortable there around kids at all whereas i can't think of a place where i'm more comfortable Ooh. than with 30 little people who i can make laugh like is like yeah and i guess that's probably not the best thing for someone who's like you know you know within my scope of reality is teaching but like <laughs> just making people laugh but like i think that's kind of why i you know and then I, that, that's the same thing with playing in a band too is like not like and that that's why i've never been drawn like i love fucking death metal and love serious dumb shit like that but i don't like it because it's serious and i don't like it because i think it's funny i just like the music but my interpretation of doing that is like the music is I like having it be serious and I like the music being well thought out. But then when I play shows, I have no desire whatsoever to be like, look at that fucking cool, brutal cunt up there. Like, he's fucking looks so mean the way he's playing guitar. Look how tough he looks. I just want to be out there and be like, if is there a person here with a camera? Cool. Because I'm going, going to look like a fuckhead. I'm now performing. <laughs> yeah. And like, you're going to take pictures of me because I look like a fucking idiot. You know? And like again like I think that that was like the whole I mean someone I can't remember if I've explained it on this podcast but like the whole reason why I exist had three guitar players was like we don't want to kick anyone out we can't kick someone out of the band yeah. and then it was like ah oh, now if there's three we can do these guitar moves yeah <laughs> like great and then someone else you know then Kelly started playing and was like oh now we can have four <laughs> how funny is it going to be with four guitar players and then it's like very funny <laughs> and then like and then we play like these little hardcore shows and then these big hardcore shows and like I remember thinking at the time when we do those the bigger shows on those big stages being like this is why we have four people because the band that's got only four members hmm. they've got so much bloody room up there now there's seven of us on this stage. You guys are really utilizing that space. We're utilizing this space, and we can all try and make each other laugh the whole time. Like yeah. that's all we're trying to do here. Like, well, I think I, I think the reason that I kind of clicked with doing stand up and stuff yeah. is, and and not that I've been doing it for a very long time, but 
I found that I like enjoyed more getting to say dumb shit in between songs <laughs> than I did actually <laughs> playing. playing songs. Yeah. Um, just the reaction of a very like serious punk crowd, like just standing there staring at you and just saying something like, "Who's going psycho tonight?" <laughs> and having a bunch of people just go, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, and I guess I think that's probably what's drawn me to the friendships I have too. Then, mm. like, I think like, I mean I'm friends with dudes that are like in serious bands that are very serious in their serious bands and i'm friends with people who are silly like yourself (laughs) and like very silly person like i think that's what's drawn me to those people is the fact that like my take on that stuff is the same like when i like yeah josh who plays guitar and i exist he was in Bloodduster, and the first time I saw Bloodduster, he played guitar for them. Yeah, and it was a medal for the brain, and he had his hair shaved into like three mohawks. Mad, and because it had something to do with well, he's from Broken Hill, and he loves Mad Max, so it had something to do with that. Mm. And but I just remember looking at him playing, and they were all wearing tracksuits that had you know <laughs> and had cunt shirts on and stuff. And Jason was naked at one point and Josh was doing like ridiculous metal moves and I just remember thinking like this is fucking perfect. Like this That's is cool. why yeah. I want to be because they're playing like grindcore death metal. Yeah. But like the music sounds like the other bands that look boring as fucking batshit and all look like they're having the worst time in the world. But one of these cunts is naked. The other guy's got three mohawks going and he's throwing metal horns at this enormous group of people. He's stoned as fuck. Everyone's drunk. Like, this is the best thing in the world. And I just... Yeah, and then, like, seeing him do that in his other bands. And then when he started playing in I Exist, I remember thinking to myself the first time we played with him, I was like, I wonder if he's going to do his moves or if that's, like, reserved for the metal bands. And, like, sure enough, like, he... Before we'd even started playing, like, he just... Yeah, amps on noise. What's up, bro? Exist. And he was just like looked over to the other side of the stage, and he was like licking the neck of his guitar and like throwing horns out <laughs> yeah. to everyone. And I was like, finally, yeah, my people are here. <laughs> now I can do this as well. Like, and and uh, and like seeing you guys play, like that is such a good antidote to a very like serious. Yeah, young hardcore kid crowd. Yeah, and um, it's- well, that's kind of always been why we do it too. And I know, and like. Like, I, it's, this is nothing to hide from anyone, or I don't care whether people know this, but, like, when we played with High Tension recently, yeah, there was a very serious vibe at the show, I felt, anyway. It was, like, a party vibe, whatever. It was, like, a record release show for them, and it was really good, and they played awesome and stuff, and... Um, but all the bands were very... had a, All had messages and had ideas that they were getting across, which is something I think is very important as well in the climate and culture we, you know, inhabit in yep. playing alternative music but they all had things they were trying to get across like the first band was very like demure and serious and quiet and then outright played which is a band i was in but outright have a lot of you know political themes and uh social commentary sort of that they're passing along in their performance as well and then i knew high tension were having you know they had similar things and similar goals from that they were going to get out of this show and I just remember, like, and there's the, you the, guys. <laughs> there was us right in the middle. And I remember, like, I don't, I can't remember if I said it to Josh or I said it to someone else, but I was like, guys, we, we're going to have to hand the shit out of this tonight. Like, we're gonna, really going to have to turn it up <laughs> because, like, we're not serious at all in our performance. We don't have anything 
serious to, to say, say in between songs. Like, I'm not going to get up there and, you know, I mean, I, there is things I have to say, but that's not what I use the band for. And then, so, like, you know, when I got up there, similar to yourself, like, I got up in front of people, we started making noise, we played a song or two, and then then it was quiet for a minute, and I was like, oh, look at all these people. <laughs> what can I say? I need to make them laugh now. Like, I don't want anyone to applaud me for something good. Yeah. Like, I don't want anyone to applaud me for my intelligent thought. I want all these people to applaud for the dumbest thing I can possibly think of. You know, and like... It's a good feeling to be able to turn someone who's very serious into like... <laughs> to just laugh. To laugh. And I think every now and then I'll get that at when we... The Kissing Booth shows where I, I guess, you know, people don't quite... They're not they're not expecting to... They, I think they think it has to be really serious. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm watching music so I can't... I can't flick between it being serious and it being... It's not meant to be funny, but yeah. I, I guess it's that thing of like one thing I kind of stepped away from, which I found in music that it did get really serious and people were taking themselves way too seriously mm. for a while. And then I was just kind of like, oh, this is not as fun as it was. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what that that's necessarily about. Why, why it, it had <laughs> to be so serious for a while. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's did you do you feel, do you feel that? Do you think yeah? That, oh, for that? sure. And I, I mean, I know. I think that's kind of that. That was kind of why I exist took the turn it did in terms of like, because I mean, the band I was in before that was like super serious when we played. Like, not. I mean, I wasn't being serious. Like, I was still fucking around and like, mm. you know, would do things. You know, like we play. I played drums in that band. We played a show in Canberra. At this place, the Jamison Inn. And I just ordered a... Got my palmer delivered to the stage. And yeah. I just ate my palmer in between songs. But I remember at the time, like, that band was super serious. Everything else about it was. And, like, and the shows we were playing were. And then when I exist started, it was a similar thing. Like, we were playing all these, like, crusty punk shows and, uh, like, hardcore shows and stuff. And everything was really serious at those shows. And then it was... The turning point for us was when it was, like this is like this is hardcore this is metal this is what this is gonna be and then just being like well if we put a bunch of weed leaves on a shirt <laughs> like that'll be funny yeah and like okay so I guess we gotta write a song about smoking weed then yeah okay so I guess we gotta someone's gotta smoke a bit more weed to make up <laughs> the, like <laughs> while we're writing these songs and like but no I definitely think like part of being silly and being funny and stuff for the band was just to make the other people laugh and then to make the people watching us have a good time but I know for sure that why we started doing that was totally a reaction to everything else being like man we're at a fucking show I'm gonna cross my arms and stand here and watch the band and I was like I don't care if you don't mosh you don't move I don't give a shit but if you stand there with your arms crossed at least smile (laughs) yeah well and I think that was a real real, like revelation about like we're talking about like Mindsnare earlier Mm. is that there was this kind of almost like theatre about their shows yeah I remember seeing a show where um uh, Matt came out in the the gas mask yeah yeah there was a real like vibe to it and um and I don't know why it I, I think I'd like for it to be more like that where it's mm. it's more of a 
it sounds a bit wanky, but like it doesn't just have to be a band is playing. It can be a bit more than that. Yeah. Like I had this idea where I wanted to sell merch from the stage while <laughs> we we're playing and, and try and like make sales. Like, hey guys, we've got shirts. Here they are. I'm going to be right here the whole show. Come and buy one of us. <laughs> That's a great idea. I love and that. I, I, like, why does it have to be up the back with like you're you're on the stage? You you're can, looking at me. Yeah. Like, why can't we do this? Like, yeah. it's it doesn't just have to be so so the same i suppose yeah. yeah um and so like what what was what gave you the push then to get back into get back into get dive into doing stand up comedy what was the like the impetus um, to do that well i'd been talking about it for a long time um and had done things like radio yeah um i lived in, um, I, I grew up in like the outer suburbs of Melbourne mm-hmm. or like a bit further out and um, did like community radio a couple of times in, in primary school. And then in high school, I think I would tried to do radio a couple of times, like yeah. just community stuff. And then didn't really think much about it. And then had two friends do a show on Sin FM. Mm-hmm. And um, they got me on a couple of times. Like we, they had a movie show and we just talked shit about movies and um did little skits and stuff like that yeah uh then i moved uh went overseas for a while came back then i went to uni for a little bit down in warnable mm-hmm. which is about three hours out of melbourne on this what is it the south coast or something yeah i don't know directions um <laughs> somewhere and, away from here yeah and didn't really do much uni but there was a community radio station and they just gave me and this guy that i met there a two-hour show every Saturday. And yeah. it was just two hours of us just mucking around. And yeah. just we had stupid segments where we would... Um, there was a, a really popular... Well, I don't know how popular it was, but there's a radio show called Get This um, that Tony Martin was on. And yeah. and so it was just me and my friend doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just doing the similar kind of skits to that. Yeah. Uh, I even found a CD of all the sound effects that they used at CineFM one day. <laughs> um, so I just used all the same sound effects and um, and it was just heaps of fun. And, yeah. and that's what I spent most of my time doing. So that kind of got the cogs like kind of ticking about, mm-hmm. okay, like I enjoy this and I guess radio is kind of an extension of that. Yeah. And would listen to a lot of stand-up comedy and listen to it um, a lot when I was a kid. Like, I remember for a while um, they had a pilot for a radio station in Melbourne Mm -hmm. and it was just a comedy radio station and all they did was play stand-up and sketches. Yeah, wow. and, um, And then it was, like, for two weeks, like, I just had my like cassette recording all these like comedy bits mm. um and it was a lot of things like weird al and yeah. um emo phillips and um a lot of monty python stuff and um but then that session disappeared because obviously there's not much of an audience yeah. for a radio station <laughs> just that plays just plays comedy yeah um and um so i had always kind of liked that stuff and yeah. I, I don't know what exactly drew me to it um but i guess it's just that kind of thing about being silly and not being so serious and yeah which drew me to it um so then uh had so like cut back to like a couple of years ago was just thinking about it for a long time didn't end up doing it Mm. um and then last year 
took a redundancy from my old job. Yeah. And so just had money and didn't really have anywhere to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just started going to a lot of comedy, like Melbourne comedy shows, um, and really enjoyed it. And I was mm. just like, ah, oh, shit, like, this is sick. Why haven't I been coming to this all the time? Yeah, like, yeah. And then was listening to a lot of, like, podcasts and stuff about comedy and just thought, like, shit, I, I wanted to do this. Why why don't I, I do, do it? it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so just decided to give it a go earlier this year. Um, so at this stage, I've only done, like, nine shows or, mm-hmm. like, most of them are like open mic type things where it's yeah. it's all comedy but it's open mic where they might have some people who are booked earlier on in the night and then you sign up on the night and you just get a spot yeah sure and so you could be on anywhere between nine o'clock and eleven o'clock yeah. on a monday tuesday night but it's a good and i was kind of worried about like starting it because i was like shit this is something i've thought about for a long time what if i do it and i fucking hate it yeah <laughs> like, yeah and it'll so, kill the dream yeah kill the dream. so luckily enjoyed it and i was like this is sick like yeah you just get up there and you just say stuff and and it's and i, I thought it would be kind of daunting like the first time was like it was very like nerve-wracking but yeah once you once i sort of got past that like a lot of friends had said like oh what if nobody laughs and it's almost not that bad like yeah. if nobody laughs you're just like okay that doesn't work that doesn't work we'll try something else or yeah. it needs work or so I've been trying to get in the habit of like writing and working ideas out and trying to, um, if I come up with a funny idea going like, okay, like what else is funny about this? And yeah, so I've really enjoyed giving it a go. And I guess like the music scene, it's, it's about trying to, it's got its own little comedy scene thing as well. So yeah. about trying to get to know people in that, which I'm not really trying at, but you know you go to enough things you see people around kind of thing so Mm. yeah it's it's kind of an interesting thing to try and step into especially after being involved in in the music scene for such a long time what's i think too and something that like you know it's starting it's like starting fresh in something it's like Mm. the first time you went to a show or the first time you played in front of people like it's it's a whole it, it must be pretty jarring going from doing that where people you know are already you've already got knowledge that people are going to like it yeah do the opposite of that <laughs> well that's the thing like i guess with bands it's you can just start a band that you know people will like because yeah. you're like well they like this kind of music i can write that yeah stuff. So it'll and, be fine. and um and i suppose with with joke writing i'm, I'm not really that experienced with it mm-hmm. and still trying to figure out what kind of like how I want to be funny and yeah, it's not yeah. necessarily what your voice is going to be in that yeah and it's very much about like finding your voice whereas I, I I guess being funny it's not something that you necessarily think about no and I don't necessarily think that I'm that funny but it's just kind of like okay I want to do this like, yeah, and, yeah yeah and try it out for sure well I mean and then that, I mean and the other part that probably comes into it is that thing again as well of like you would like to make people laugh yeah like, if something you say can make people laugh, then that is the effectively the similar response and reaction that you're getting to selling merch at the stage when you're playing a show. You know, yeah. like it's like, oh, this will be funny. Yeah. Like, well, that's kind of like I realized that I think like I was playing music for a long time and then getting into comedy, I was it was kind of like something clicked where I was like, ah, like this is what all my dumb ideas are meant to be 
doing. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what it's I'm, for. I'm not meant to be like trying to make music more silly. Like there is a space for it. Like yeah, there yeah. is there is a whole thing where you can go and try and be funny in front of people, and mm. and it's just you. Where you just go and stand there and you say yeah. things, and it it dies or it flies, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, what? Well, like, is what's your plan for the future with that? Then is it is it like something you're just going to keep ticking away at? Then yeah, I think it's. Well, I don't have a plan for it at all. Yeah, but, and I think it's kind of hard to have a plan for it. Like, mm. um, I at this stage, it's just kind of like it's just something I'm enjoying, and it's and I kind of enjoy it. Not that I don't enjoy playing music, but I was. It's like kind of enjoy it more than that Mm -hmm. and i think i could almost stop playing music yeah and just do that and just go like okay this is kind of like not necessarily my thing but this is what i was supposed to be doing or something like that yeah for sure yeah um yeah but not that i don't enjoy playing in bands but Mm. it's just like it's more fitting i suppose to the kind of person i am Yeah. yeah for sure that's sick. And is it like, it, was it something that was like the now that you're sort of, I guess, contributing to and a part of, like, is that something now that like you have inherently then like feel welcomed into and it's something that you're feeling like a positive response with or? Um, it's been kind of mixed. Mm-hmm. Like I've got a couple of like good responses, like surprisingly, like I, yeah. I guess the one thing you always hear about starting comedy is like you're gonna bomb like you're gonna get up there and you're gonna say stuff and it's not gonna work yeah yeah and haven't necessarily found that like obviously there are things that don't work but yeah I think coming into it at um 27 is probably a lot different to starting when you're 20 like I've, I've got a pretty good idea about what I think's funny and and you also have life experiences that you can use to build off as well. That's exactly right. So it, I don't. I think coming into it a bit older, it's not like, it's not exactly like starting afresh, but it, but it is. And like you were saying before, it is like going to that first show for a first time and going like, shit, who are all these people? And um, but I've got, I've, I've got some laughs, which is it's really cool. Like, and it, yeah. it was kind of like reassuring, going like, okay, like these ideas are not just dumb stuff that, yeah, yeah. that there are things that actually people actually find it funny and and I think it's about people you know we were talking about that approval thing before mm. or that that need to get up there I think it's just if someone laughs you're like ah oh, cool like someone else thinks like that yeah yeah kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. They, they agree with me yeah they agree with me um, so it's like it's not just dumb shit rattling around in the old brain box it's <laughs> like it's actually something yeah yeah. and it's something that other people can kind of i suppose identify with or something Mm. like that yeah yeah that's cool Mm. um all right well that's pretty good little chin wag mate yeah do you have anything you want to pronounce to the world um let people know about just live your life and (laughs) be well um (laughs) any tips tips for us grown-ups uh i don't know just try to eat well and (laughs) look after yourself and yeah great yeah. All right. Well, thanks for doing this with me, mate. Thanks, you mate. Come to the pub. That's Brutal. all right. <laughs>